Welcome everyone to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week, four to six of us get together and discuss a movie. At the end of the episode, we announce the movie for the following week. All movies are available from streaming services, either as part of your subscription or to rent. Thanks for listening. Now on with the show. My name's Dale Maxfield. I'm the host. I'm joined this time by Josh Dean. Hello. Nathan McKinney. Hello there. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And today we will be discussing Zach's recommendation, uh, The Battery. First, we're going to be talking about what we've been watching lately. And I am still uh, making my way through The Wire. I think I will probably finish it tonight. Um, Season four is the, the very longest uh, it's 13 episodes, and the last episode is like 70 minutes. But uh, it's so, I mean, it's such a great show anyway, um, but I have not watched it since they upgraded the presentation to uh, widescreen HD. And HBO is one of the <laughs> one of the people during this time that is not throttling their uh, their signal. So it looks really clean and crisp in HD. Um, whereas the last time I watched it, I think I'm pretty sure it was one of those ones that I, um, rented on DVD from Blockbuster when they were still a thing. So, <laughs> um, I, I'm really enjoying the, the, you know, the remastered version and it's been long enough that I've forgotten about a lot of the developments and things that are going on. So, um, it's really good. It's a really good show. And hopefully this episode comes out while HBO is still letting you watch it for free. Um, it's like I've said before, if you haven't watched the wire by now, you're probably not going to watch it, but (laughs) HBO might as well give it away. So, um, how about you guys, Zach, what have you been watching? Um, I found my way to the boys on Amazon, uh, Amazon prime. Oh my God. Why did nobody tell me about this show and how good (laughs) it is? Um, I thought you already saw it actually. I had thought I'd already seen it too. No, I had, uh, I knew I had wanted to see it. Uh, it came out last year at some point, and I was like, I got to watch that. I got to watch that. I heard some good things about it. And then finally the other night, I was just bored, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try, try this first episode, see what's going on. I think I started it two or three days ago. I've just been going crazy with it. It's only eight episodes, but... Um, It hits every box that I am into. (laughs) So uh, it's like, I feel like they made the show for me. Of course, I'm sure there's other superhero people, you know, uh, fans that really enjoy that kind of stuff too. Um, So that's been a lot of fun and I've just been really into it and I hope they get a second season um, if they ever start making TV shows again. (laughs) Um, Other than that, I've been staying with uh, catch up or with uh, better call Saul and I think this season has been really, really good. Yeah. Um. I I love the tie-ins to Breaking Bad. This season to me feels the closest to Breaking Bad, and it's just getting better and better. And it's not like you have to watch Breaking Bad to enjoy the show because it's still a well-written and well-filmed show. But it's just getting better and better, and I'm so happy to see where it's gone based upon where it started, which was a little slow, and it was fine. But man, like I think once they finally got to that whole like Saul Goodman situation, and I don't want to spoil too much for people who want to watch it and whatnot. Yeah, don't spoil like, it for me, please. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> phenomenal. This season is by far one of been one of my favorites. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of been that's about about it. I've been mostly TV shows lately. No new movies or anything. Um, so, but those are my two. Yeah, Better Call Saul's been really good. Um, 
I, I, I don't think I'm quite caught up this season. I think I've missed like one or two episodes maybe um, just because I've been focusing on other things. And um, But I, I was really enjoying what I saw so far. Um, and I guess from what the producers have said, uh, they I think they have an idea for what the ending of the show is. And they've said that this season is kind of the beginning of the end. So whether that means one more or two more seasons, I don't know. Um, but I think this ties it with Breaking Bad as far as season numbers count, right? They both I went five seasons so. Yes, so far, and yes. Better Call Saul's in five. Um, Episode-wise, it's probably ahead because Breaking Bad had that that abruptly cut first season because of the writer's strike. Um, so... It'll be. It's interesting that this show is going to actually be longer than Breaking Bad, <laughs> but uh, that's not a bad thing. I mean, I love this character and this universe and Vince Gilligan's, you know, stuff. Uh, there was some industry news about. Um, I guess Bob Odenkirk is starting a production company, and uh, it looks really solid. Like it looks like it's kind of built off of the off the Better Call Saul brand as sort of the kind of stuff they're wanting to do. So I wonder if he and or, you know, if he and Vince Gilligan will get together behind the scenes and make something after Better Call Saul's over. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah, actually one of my two things I was going to mention I've been watching is uh, Better Call Saul, but I'm stuck back in the middle of season four. Um, which I'm kind of wondering how that's going to go because the first half of season four seems a lot slower than the show has been in a little while. I mean, it's not that it's bad. It, I, I'm enjoying it, but I'm waiting for kind of some plot to happen. And I'm, uh, it just it hasn't tricked in just yet. So I'm assuming it's coming. Yeah, I mean, season three was so uh, momentous, um, and, and especially at the end, that season four kind of, resets the stage for a while and you kind of get mm-hmm. you kind of get to live with the characters for a little bit again which i love that's yeah. great i mean yeah but the stakes will definitely get higher oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah it's awesome what else have you been watching nathan uh really about the only other thing i've been watching uh alicia picked out uh our next Criterion movie to watch. So we watched Vengeance is Mine, which is a 1960s Japanese flick about a a serial killer, which she told me a fact I didn't realize is that the murder rate in Japan is incredibly low. Yeah. So if you put this movie, I mean, this guy kills, I mean, it says real early in the movie, I think he kills four people. Yeah. Um, if you watch the whole movie to find out, he actually does a little more than that, but uh, that doesn't spoil anything really. But um, he he's accounting for a huge percentage of the country's murders that year, and apparently it's based off of a true story too. So um, I think it's kind of interesting. There's a there's a little interview with the director on there um, where he says that he it's it's it was a it was a basically a true crime novel originally mm-hmm. and then he followed the novel but he went to all the different locations where everything actually took place and kind of met people along the way and it determined it gave him a lot more 
to work with than the novel itself. And so it kind of shaped and molded the movie a little bit. But I thought it was really good. It was a little, like the first half hour was a little bit jumpy. I wasn't sure what I was seeing as far as dates and timeline goes. Um, Is it a documentary or a... No, it's not a documentary. It's a it's a drama uh, based or narrative yeah, based on based on a true the documentary. Story. Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, but it's good. It's real. I mean, for nineteen sixty three or four, whenever this thing came out, um, it's really top notch as far I've as I've heard of it uh, before. I want to say that there there's like a movie or two that have been based on it that have come out or not. not I was wondering. Based I was on it, to look that inspired up. by it. Um, yeah, I was wanting to look that up because it felt vaguely familiar when I was watching it. So yeah. I, I, I didn't know. I almost wondered if they just completely recreated it for an English audience at some point. But yeah, I'm sure that's happened. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. It's it's one of the criterions that I'm really glad I got, and I'm I'm probably going to watch it several times. There's several of the criterions I've picked up. They're like, eh, maybe once was enough on that, but we'll hang on to it and see. But that one was right up there with one of my favorite discoveries. Josh, how about you? Well, uh, last week um, we watched a uh, Australian comedy that wanted to be a Western. So I ended up watching a uh, Australian Western, um, the proposition um, with uh, Guy Pierce. Um, oh, John yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which in Ray Winstone, it was a really good movie. I, for some reason, I could not concentrate on it, though. Like, I kept finding myself checking my phone and running to do, like, errands in other rooms. So I don't know why it didn't hold my interest. It's exactly my kind of movie. But um, I just I couldn't sit still for it. Um, but on the flip side of that, I did watch uh, Escape to Witch Mountain for the first time in my life. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> And that was riveting. I could not turn away. Uh, man, the it was origi- like Little X Men. It was so good. <laughs> it was. Uh, the, did you watch the original or the remake? Oh no, this is not Race to Witch Mountain with the Rock, sir. This uh, is uh, Escape to Witch Mountain with Eddie uh, Albert and uh, Donald Pleasance. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Donald Pleasance. <laughs> yeah, so that was a lot of fun, and I can't believe I never saw, uh, watched it before. Milking that Disney Plus for all it's worth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you ever seen uh, the Mystery Science Theater of the Puma Man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where he's, yeah, flies upright. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where slacks. Donald Pleasance is like the Bond villain in that movie. Oh, that's right. He, but he can't say Puma correctly. <laughs> so he keeps going, you know, I'm going to stop you, Puma Man. <laughs> The bots keep correcting him. It's Puma Man. Puma Man. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, so this week's uh, suggestion from Zach was the battery. Um, It is a super low budget. um, The touted figure of $6,000 for the budget of the movie um, shot on one of the old uh, original Canon DSLRs. And uh, I watched it on Amazon. I think that was like the place to watch it. I think that's probably where everybody else saw it. Uh, nobody else had seen the movie before, right? I had not. Okay. So um, I was really not feeling it for the first half hour. Um, it was it was like 
boring and slow and um uh you know tired like all the stuff that i'd seen before um in these you know when you have a low budget you just have like two guys talking somewhere and you light it with outdoor lighting and um uh amazon wasn't doing the the quality of the actual uh footage any any favors um at least when i watched it their their stream was really bad and so it was like all blocky and anybody that was more than like 10 feet away from the camera had like a weird like aliasing going on around their face um so the, the the presentation was pretty poor from that perspective but i kept telling myself like this is a six thousand dollar movie it's a six thousand dollar movie like i'll stick it out and i'll watch it um you can definitely tell where they you know edit around or cut around things that would be expensive to show <laughs> um so that happens and all of that i think the uh when when interesting stuff happens in the in the movie where like there's a there's a fairly interesting scene in like the middle and the very end is is something i, I wouldn't i'm not going to say it's great but it's something um like it it didn't go exactly as i expected it to go but then it kind of did or didn't and then um um I think it I think I left it or I think the movie leaves you better than it finds you if that makes sense like the beginning of the movie if if I had watched this movie without like anybody suggesting it if I just been like oh I'll, let me see what this is about I would not have made it through that first half hour I'd have been like this is cheap crap and you know we're not going to see the zombies and they're until the very end there's going to be like a, a you know a bunch of them through a window and that's going to be all you see and um, it's, it's just going to be an excuse for this guy to, you know, make his, make his debut feature film. Um, but I, I think it has a little bit more going for it than that. I think they, they did do some things, uh, creatively. Um, it's just not like, I don't know. It's, it's not, um, it's not Blue Ruin. It's not El Mariachi. It's <laughs> not, uh, Clerks. Um, it is, it, it, it's like a, a seven or eight out of 10 student film and a much lower rating as far as like overall films. Like I have to give it credit for what it did with what its budget was, but that's, that's kind of where I, where I end up on it. How about you guys? Uh, well, um, so full disclosure, I'm pretty much in the bag for zombie movies most of the time uh, sure that, yeah um it, it takes a lot to uh, make me dislike a zombie movie so i was uh i was ready to love this and um i, I gotta say i was i liked it on the on the whole um you're right it was very kind of slow in the beginning and i was worried we weren't ever going to get to the fireworks factory but um it finally yeah, started paying off, and I liked all the character work they did to get us there. Um, the uh, I have, I don't think I've ever seen anybody jerk off to a zombie before, so that was new. <laughs> um, that was the middle part that I thought was <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, yes, so hot. Yeah, yeah. I almost joined him, and I was like, no, that, no, that's wrong. Yeah, that, no, that was um, that was like such a real moment to me. Was like, yeah. 
this guy hasn't seen a woman in months and he he's not in any danger she's not going anywhere mm-hmm. it's like yep that's what you do <laughs> uh, and then your friend catches you and will not stop uh, giving you crap about it i'm surprised it didn't come up later in the movie too as just a zinger um did you see her but, credit uh, in the in the end i don't know she's um it, she was credited as something like slut recent zombie <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> uh yeah uh when they finally got to the car, I was like, okay, that's where the money ran out right there. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that's, uh, uh, but I still, I was, uh, I was captivated by it and, uh, invested. Um, uh, I kept looking for places where the, the budget would show in like gunshots and special effects and such, but thought they pulled that off really well. Um, and I, I liked, uh, oh man, I've already forgotten the character names, but, uh, Ben the, and the bearded Mickey. guy. Ben was the oh, yeah. bearded guy. Ben and Mickey. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. the The guy playing Ben, I really enjoyed, and I know it was his movie, right? He directed. Yeah, it. Ben wrote it and directed it. Yeah, um, you know, I've known people like that, and uh, I would probably be a Mickey in the apocalypse, but uh, I would really <laughs> hope I could find a Ben out there somewhere to, to partner <laughs> up with. Um, yeah, so that's I liked it. Thought it was interesting that. That he was the catcher and the other guy was the pitcher, right? <laughs> yeah. Nathan, how about you? Yeah. So I wanted to like it, um, and it it definitely it reminded me of movies when I've gone to like indie film festivals, and there's a lot of low budget stuff going on, and you you get something like this. And you 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 get the ticket for this because, quite frankly, you're tired of all the dry drama stuff that doesn't go anywhere at an indie yeah. festival. So you want, hey, you know, this looks a little fun. Hey, there's little zombies and there's some humor. Okay, great. Um, but I I kind of feel like, first of all, it took about half the movie. I, I think part there's two problems with the first half hour. One is that there wasn't enough script for a half hour amount of action there at all. It was, I mean, the whole thing overall, I mean, we've talked about this on mother movies many times where movies are just longer than they need to be because they just don't have enough story to fill the gaps. I mean, and that, that was evident in this movie evident. I could have sat here with a timer and like clicked it off because let's just run on montages that mean nothing to the plot. Yeah, And I don't like, I don't get why it was 101 minutes. That's, just an odd yeah. choice to make. But but I think the other thing that kind of made that first half hour drag was the acting. It took that first half. I think they shot this in sequence from what I could tell. I think they shot this and the two guys, they're amateur actors. I got to give them credit. They did okay for amateur actors, but it took them that first half hour to find the dang characters and start actually acting. Um, I, I think part of that was a problem because there wasn't anything for them to do as actors. I mean, the script just was boring for that first half hour. It, 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 even when it had a so-called joke or funny thing to happen, it wasn't really that funny. It was paint by numbers. So I, you know, I think if you could cut in about half an hour and just start watching from there, I think you've got like a C plus B minus movie in here. And edit some more things out as you go. Um, I think so. But I, 
yeah, it was hard to like it beyond that. Like, even if I had sat in a festival, it was trying to like really root for it in that setting. I think I still would have found that first chunk just really hard to get through. It's tough because like, if you edit it too much, if you edit it down into a short film, um, then it just becomes, um, you know, it just becomes the, the big deal scenes. And it's important that we have the boredom that we have the long stretches of time. Like we need to understand that from those characters. Um, there's the shot toward the end where Mickey leaves the car to look for the keys and they do it in real time. And you're just watching Ben waiting for minutes and minutes. Um, and like, those are things that like, I understand those choices. Um, if you were to ask me to watch this movie again, there'd be places I would fast forward, you know, it's like, I don't need to wait with him in real time again. I don't need to watch them, you know, previously on the walking slow for the first half hour. Um, <laughs> but uh, Zach, tell us why you suggested this and what you think about this movie. Yeah, I was, uh, this was recommended to me um, a while ago, I think in like maybe 2015 and uh, my wife and I watched it and I can't remember why or who it was that recommended it to us, but we enjoyed it because it was uh, some New England guys. My wife's from New England. Um, so we kind of wanted that to see that aspect of it. Yeah, I wondered if and you I knew somebody in the, in the production. Yeah, no, I didn't know anybody in the production, but it was just like a kind of close to home thing um, since it's all filmed in Connecticut and my wife is from New Hampshire. Um, so it just, you know, feels like home to her. Um, and um, yeah, I, it was one of those ones too where um, I don't watch a lot of low budget films myself personally. So I thought that was interesting and different for me. And, um, and I get it, you know, like definitely I, I can, uh, agree and, and listen to like, th it doesn't offend me that people didn't like it. And I know people won't like it cause it's not the greatest film in the world. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just a little different for a zombie movie. You get so many zombie movies with like such a thick plot or like over the top zombies or like, you know, I feel like I, I love zombie movies in the zombie genre as well as Josh. And, um, and so like, I like to see different ones. It's refreshing to me. I actually have a, a film I'm uh, working on. That's a zombie movie. Um, that I, it's, uh, it's again, like not with like, we need any more of those, but I just, I love them. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so in terms of like, I agree it, there's some slow parts, the first half hour, even when I, on the rewatch was like, hard for me to get through again. Uh, by the end, I was like uh, smiling because I had enjoyed it again. And this is my second watch through. And again, I was just like, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I like, there was a lot of good fun stuff. I agree with the acting. The acting was subpar for the most part. Um, you know, but, um, and there was a lot of really cool things I think they did with what limitations they had with the budget. $6,000 is not a lot. For example, that car, the Volvo was $600. They bought that off of Craigslist, and then it died on like the last couple of days of shooting. <laughs> oh wow! Um, so they would just it roll it into a driveway and then roll it back into the street whenever they needed to um, do the shots. Uh, and this was filmed in sixteen days, and it was filmed sequentially yeah. or you know straight through. Um, and uh, so sixteen days, six thousand dollars, a six hundred dollar car. You know, um, also all the characters' names are all uh, famous mouse character names: Mickey, Ben. Uh, Jerry, uh, Annie, those are all supposed to be famous mice. Um, okay. 
This is another little, yeah, I don't know why that's like that. I think that's just an in- inside thing from the guy who plays Ben. He just wrote it that way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think there was just some moments um, where I'm like, I don't know, in terms of what we're dealing with with the pandemic now, um, not that it's obviously a zombie pandemic, but, like, how would you how would you real life react? You know, we're not talking World War Z. We're not talking Walking Dead. You know, we're talking, like, uh, something like this where it's like, yeah, what if you get holed up into your house for three months and you have no idea what's going on and then you come out and now you don't know what's got happening, everything's gone, you know. Uh, it just felt a little more real in terms of, like, the realism than uh, some of the other zombies movies that you see. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it is so slow. It's because it's like, well, maybe when the, it shit goes down, nothing does happen. Well, yeah, um, right. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's why that makes sense uh, that they do it that way. It's just like they did a lot of – there was a lot of of padding and filler in the beginning, and I think like, you know, like Nathan was saying too, like if they filmed it sequentially, it's like the two actors got better at working with each other as the movie progressed. Um, I think they felt – I mean – shooting a movie is kind of a long grueling process too. Right. So they probably kind of started to identify with their characters as they went along, um, <laughs> that they were in this together sort of thing. Um, and yeah, like the, uh, you know, apart from the fact that she's attacking the car with her breasts, um, the masturbation scene <laughs> did seem like the most realistic, uh, thing I've seen in a zombie movie in a long time. Um, you know, and some of the other choices like this. I mean, like I don't like the walking dead. Um, I watched it (laughs) way longer than I liked it or, or thought it was good. Um, and then I finally was like, why, why am I doing this to myself and stopped? Um, which I think is a lot of people's sort of place. Like it happens to different times. (laughs) Season two was probably the right time, but I didn't, I stuck around like <laughs> I'm still in it. Yeah. Like what? I was yeah. there until Although, like the second season with Negan and I was like, Nope. Yeah. Not doing uh, this anymore. Yeah. The saviors they have. Um, so they didn't finish, po- finish post-production on the season finale. So it is delayed indefinitely. Yeah. They will not premiere it until they get back to doing the post on it. And like the fans are going crazy, all three of us. Uh, and, uh, and we're like, we need a season finale. But do you really need The Walking Dead now? Because <laughs> that was the other thing I thought was that there's like a line in the movie that was like, uh, um, oh, it's at the end when he, when Ben is basically telling um, the people over the radio that he's coming for, if he survives, that he's coming for them. And he says, do you have any idea what it's like to be cooped up with people in the same house, hearing the same sounds? I was like, it's too real. Stop it. (laughs) Yep. You got to stop it. Yep. (laughs) I also, and this will never happen because I look to see, but there is no idea for a sequel. But I'm like, kind of, I'd go for a sequel on this. Well, and that leads us to what happened in the end because um for a minute when i th- when i saw him with the walkie-talkie i thought he was standing in front of the mural like he was playing them and he'd already escaped but then i realized in the next shot that it was actually one of the towels that they had hung to cover the windows 
and at the end he brings all the towels down and we don't see anything but light streaming in from the outside which either means all the zombies moved on or that this is a fantasy and they don't really tell us which and they they show him open the door and leave and the movie ends so i i'm, well, I'm pretty sure and then you see him walk down the road what's that and then you see him walking down the road right uh away from the zombies yeah but so, so you I, think that might I, be the fantasy i i it makes me wonder okay it makes me wonder yeah they i think that i read that they had to cut the shot of him actually escaping the car because there, there was it was so underwhelming there was only like 10 that would extras make that day yeah <laughs> and so he he didn't feel like it really meant enough to like stakes wise to like show him getting out so then they put that sort of mid-credit scene of him walking with the like the horde behind him and that's going to happen on a low budget movie is you're you're just not going to have the coverage um to do it the way you want and certainly with something you know where there's supposed to be a big horde of zombies if it doesn't look good then it's best to not use it and do something creative um yeah so yeah, I can see that. Um, you know, I mean, like the the biggest, like most obvious things were things like uh, um, when he shoots Mickey, it immediately cuts to Ben. Like he's, you see him wow. aiming the gun at Mickey, and it immediately cuts to Ben when the gun goes off. So you never see Mickey get shot. You just see like there's like blood on the windshield or whatever. Um, but and there's stuff like that that they do to to keep the movie cheap. Um, uh, I, I'm surprised that they bought the car. Like they didn't know anybody <laughs> with an old Volvo that <laughs> they could use. Yeah. It almost makes me wonder because it was such a specific type of car with a sunroof that you could climb out of. Yeah. That it's like, you know, cause not all cars have that. That's like a very specific. So I don't know if they, actually looked for a car that was like that or just happened to stumble across what's it and funny it is way. what's funny about it is that when i saw them get into it because they when they got to it like there were people inside of it right or there's like what yeah, woman inside a, it yep and uh the car started and in my head like i made this mental note that i was like yeah if there was like a months-long apocalypse a Volvo would be probably one of the most most likely vehicles to start in that situation. But then you said in the actual production, the car wouldn't start anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess not. I guess a $600 Volvo is really not worth that much. So, yeah. I kind of wonder if yeah. they all, I mean, in addition to it being a sunroof, it had a crank. Yeah, that old style crank was very but that's interesting. That, you know what? That That's actually probably the, the deal is that um, they needed it not to be an electronic sunroof because yeah. most of them are electronic. Like my 1990 Mazda Protege had an electronic sunroof, so I bet you're yeah. right that that's that's what they had to have for the and and no one has one of those. No one has a, <laughs> anything with hand cranks anymore. Yeah. Well, it almost makes me wonder if they knew that was going to be a plot point ahead of time. Like I, I don't doubt that they had some sort of script going, but when you're making one of these really low budget movies, I think sometimes you have to pivot shift with what you're doing. If something doesn't pan out the way it needs to, for example, if your car won't start and you can't get a driving shot, um, 
but, but yeah, I, like I, I think they could have pulled it off with like, um, if if they had in the in the movie established that you know the car regularly starts, the battery is okay, they can open that sunroof. If they'd been in any SUV with a sunroof, those zombies aren't getting, you know, they're not reaching up there necessarily. Um, I guess they can climb up the hood and sort of get to it, but it'd be about as much as they could on the Volvo. Um, it's not, it's not terribly realistic that he would be able to like get out of the top, completely survive, get keys and come back and not get hurt at all or not get bitten at all. And so like, I kind of thought that like when they had that scene where they just let it play in real time, that like, he was going to start screaming or something and just not come back. And then (laughs) Ben was going to like shoot himself with the gun and that would be the end of the movie. (laughs) And that's what like bummer drama indie movies are like. So that was very much in the realm of possibility um, as far as I was concerned, but it didn't go that route. Um, It certainly wasn't going to go the route that, you know, he makes it to whatever compound this is and exacts his revenge on, on Annie and, um, whatever the other knucklehead's name was, but uh, Egg, egghead, egghead, uh, Frank egghead. and the orchard, <laughs> yeah. yeah, an egghead. Well, and then yeah. they were yeah. at the orchard, and they never said like, "Hey, we're at an orchard. Should we look around for something?" It's like, no, they just like fucking ate apples and hit them with baseball bats, like <laughs> anybody would do. Yeah. What's funny too is that like I am not a baseball fan, so for me even like the whole baseball underlying thing for them being like teammates and the whole the battery thing, like that's all probably some of the least favorite stuff that I had about it in terms of story, just because like I don't care about sports or baseball, but that's like the through line for their connection to to each other, you know. Well, it's just their their love of baseball. They were teammates, and I don't know if they were like minor league or major league players but they must they must have been some you know level of professionalism that they were doing it as you know adults they're both in their 20s or whatever and still doing it um and i don't know if a pitcher and catcher combo is called a battery in baseball or not i'd never heard that before i didn't know if that was like a military term or or if that's what that was but um the movie pretty much leads you to believe for the first half hour that the battery has something to do with his CD disc man that he's constantly changing the batteries in. It's like, he's, he's just wasting these batteries. And I had this whole, like, you know, because I, I can't stop thinking about technology and, and whether what they're doing is, is smart or not kind of thing that was like, yeah, the most, uh, the quickest way to drain batteries while listening to music is to use a, a portable CD player, like having a motor that spins that fast just to play your music back to you is going to be like the way to, uh, ruin some batteries. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember having a disc man and just constantly going through batteries and just hating it and being like, and then you get the rechargeable batteries and then those are garbage too. But still it's just like, you're just constantly going through them. Yeah. I had one that I used in my car um, because my car didn't have a CD player, but at least I could, I could plug it into an adapter in the car and keep it running. 
Um, but then it skipped like crazy because it wasn't designed to be used in a car. So there was those ones where you could get like um, for your car, you could get like the cassette that you would plug yeah, into that's the cassette what I deck used. that ran. Yeah, right. Ran that. to the yeah. CD player. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny because so somebody on next door next door was uh, saying that they had recently bought a car with a cassette player, and they were a younger person that like didn't you know that hadn't been around for cassettes. So they were asking if people had like old cassettes that they w- would be willing to give away for this person to use in their car. And I was like, I'm going to blow your mind, and I sent them a link to one of those cassette to. <laughs> You know, 3.5 millimeter jack things is like your phone yeah. will hook up to this, and you can you can uh, join the 21st century. That's so funny. Fun story. Uh, I don't know if I've told you guys that I drive a 99 Buick Lesabre, but it also has a tape deck and nothing else. Yeah, um, dog. Yeah, so I uh, I asked my friends for uh, tapes for Christmas, and I got the Beverly Hills Cop 2 soundtrack on tape. Nice. And uh, I put it in the tape player, and it ate it, and it won't come out, and I can't oh. get anything in there. So uh, now I just have NPR. Damn. Is it, yeah. is it a mechanical eject or a, uh, uh electronic eject? Oh, it's mechanical. It's, yeah. Needle-nose pliers, man. You can pull it out with needle nose pliers. Yeah, I feel like I've jammed all sorts of stuff in there, but it, no matter what I do, it, the tapes won't play because that's the second tape I tried to play in there. Because if you well, it if just eats the, it, uh, the the adapter thing won't actually get eaten. Oh, that's true. it's impossible for that thing to get eaten. It's just a contact that goes on the tape head, and then the rest of it okay. just tricks the tape machine into thinking that it's playing. So that thing will actually survive. Um, your monster. Gotta find that. You've yeah, probably got, got one some of those right here somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I I know all the mechanics of the inside of a cassette, so <laughs> I know like what's wrong with your tape player, and the solution is more expensive than just putting one of those <laughs> those suckers in there and using your phone or whatever to to play stuff back. But yeah, were you on the episode where we were talking about how people get Buicks? Did you were you on Blue Ruin? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like yeah. people only get Buicks if they're old or if they are uh, uh, given to them by dead relatives. Yep, my grandmother. She's not dead, but <laughs> she did give it to me. That's that's great. Awesome. Uh, speaking of soundtracks, I did want to bring up that I really enjoyed the music for this film uh, so much so that I went and uh, found one of the bands, Rock Plaza Central. Mm-hmm. Um, they di- they're the band that does that uh, song um, that he sings and dances to in the middle of crazy. the film when yeah. they're in the house. Oh man, yeah, that and then they do the the song that plays over the credits. But those two songs I thought were really good. I think all in all, like maybe the score was like whatever, but the soundtrack. I thought they picked some really interesting and different songs, of course, on a budget. Um, and um, I don't know. I feel like any any movie that can get me with soundtracks or music or stuff like that just kind of helps me to feel it just a little bit more. Yeah, for the budget, uh, those so all had to be like donations, right? Those hell had to be I'm, like, you know, bands he knew that were willing to give away their music and put it, put it in the movie. Yeah, that song that he yeah. sings, um, which I think in the credits it told me it was called like, the, uh, victory song for the defeated or something like that victory for the already uh, defeated uh, anthem for the already defeated yeah there we go anthem for the already yep. defeated 
Um, that song really reminded me. It was like uh, Discount Gogol Bordello. Yeah. You've ever heard them? Well, I love Gogol Bordello, so that's, that's why I really picked up on it. Yeah. Yeah, de- definitely discount, but I still enjoyed it. I was uh, I was nodding along, and I was like, I almost kind of wanted to get up, grab a bottle of Hennessy, and start dancing. Yeah, so uh, who who would we recommend this to? Are there movies that are similar to this <laughs> that you guys have seen that it reminded you of? It reminded me, have you guys seen a movie called Resolution? No. Um. There or uh, one called The Endless, I think, came out on Netflix a couple of years ago. Um, Are those low budget horror movies? Because I really don't watch. A lot yeah, of those. Uh, Resolution <laughs> is just two guys in a house. One of them's trying to kick heroin, and his friends there yeah. trying to help him. And I get it. Like yeah. if you're a first time filmmaker, if I was making my first film, I would make a horror movie. You know, that's it's it's the it's the best way to stretch a budget. You can do a lot with very little, um, and and make that. You know, you're not going to make a period drama as your first film. Right. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm not like, I'm just st- sort of starting over the last couple of years to get into horror. And I tend to watch either stuff that's like rated really highly classic kind of stuff um, or stuff that's like potential for us to make fun of on um, <laughs> our cinemasochist shows. Sure. I, I watched 31 horror movies every October. So I've burned through the classics in like two years. Yeah. So and now I'm <laughs> you're down to bottom of the barrel. Red boxes <laughs> special of the week. Exactly. <laughs> or what's the like, uh, the Jason Blum hall of shame. He has like some series on, I think it's Hulu yeah. that are like the worst. They're like the Jason Blum movies that, they, you know, they make all their movies for next to nothing, and then right. like one out of ten's like good enough to put in the theater, and like one or two of those a year just does gangbusters, and then they can you know afford to make more. But uh, like the ones that don't work out, they're in this like series on Hulu, and oh wow, they, they're they're the worst of the worst. Oh wait, is that the holiday series or whatever? Like Puka and uh, that. That nonsense. Holiday doesn't or, sound familiar, but it, like there's okay. some kind of it, it has some kind of a series name, like okay. Blumhouse's, you know, I know what you're talking series about. Series of yeah, scares yeah. or whatever. I've watched a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. So I, I figured you'd probably be familiar with them, just at least unless you didn't have Hulu. But <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, you know this definitely movie is, is not for a lot of people but anybody who has an interest in zombie films or likes that genre for sure i think this is one they could at least find to be somewhat uh different or um you know not what they expected in terms of a zombie film um yeah i think it's a very small market of people that would really like this film or find their way to this film people who like low budget stuff people who like independent stuff um people that are from new hampshire my wife liked it but that was basically because she was from new england you know um so um yeah yeah it it is hard to find a a bigger audience for this kind of kind of film well if you're if you're a filmmaker i i if you're someone who's trying to become a filmmaker i actually think it's really healthy to watch movies like this 
to kind of give you an idea what can be done. Yeah, absolutely. To watch, watch, watch the mistakes that other people make so maybe you don't make them, but also watch the things that they do right so that you can do those as well. So I think, you know, that's one audience I think would be great to watch this movie because they did a lot of things right. Yeah, like from that perspective, like if I had edited this movie or been the music supervisor for this movie or, you know, some tangential crew member and been a part of it, I'd be pretty proud of this because this is a pretty good, like, no-budget movie. And I've seen, like, you know, my friends are always in whatever no-budget horror movies being made in town, and they're always terrible. Like, they always have, like, one scene that's great, and they always have one actor that's great, and everything else is just a mess, and it's, like, you, you cringe watching it, you're embarrassed for them watching it, and... This movie doesn't have that. Like you, you can see that they're they're you know kind of working around things to not show you the expensive stuff. Um, and uh, every time they fire a gun, it's the same sound and it's the same volume, <laughs> no matter how far away from the camera they are. Um, you know, so there's stuff like that. Like you know, I was listening to the sound mix too and just being like, "Well, that's funny. That that I've heard that gun before." Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's. I think as a as a filmmaker uh, or as a budding filmmaker, uh, it's definitely something to watch. And Zach, with what you found out about you know the production of it, um, I think that's interesting too. That like you know one of the things that I saw as you know a potential flaw in the movie was just based on coverage. You know, they just didn't have the shot, and it wasn't up to the par of the rest of the movie. And you definitely don't want to end on the worst shot you have taken. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I like I. It'd be I'd be hard pressed to to find somebody to recommend this to unless they were like I don't know already old enough to watch an R-rated movie and hadn't yet started making their own movies because it's like. Even since 2012, it's become easier to make movies. Um, yeah. I have a friend that made a horror film a couple of years ago that was in the same vein as this in terms of like um, the uh, budget. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I, th- I think it's on, it might be on Amazon or something like that. It's called John the Carpenter, mm-hmm. which is kind, it's kind of funny that he took John Carpenter and, and you know, but there's like this the the, the evil thing is like a, a nod to John Carpenter, all of John Carpenter's works and things like that. It was all shot in the woods. It was shot in like two weeks. Um, I'll have to check it out though now that I've rewatched this and see if my friends uh, did uh, did a, a good justice with the amount of yeah. money and time that they had. Horror shot in the woods. Um, <laughs> day for night. <laughs> they didn't check mm-hmm. the, that box, but that's another one that you get a lot with these. Um, nudity. Um, you know that that's not expensive to you know yep. find some actor or actress willing to do some nudity. Um, yeah, those are all kind of the hallmarks of of that first feature sort of vibe. Yeah. So yeah. Um. I'm glad I saw it once I got past the first half hour. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was a, it was an interesting watch. It was a good, good movie to talk about. So, um, Josh, it is your turn to pick a movie. 
<laughs> this time I've got a list. Um, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen uh, Prospect? Sounds familiar. It's a sci-fi movie from a couple of years ago. It's on Hulu. Um, about like prospectors in space, essentially. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but it's it's kind of like a Western also in space. It's it's very good. Okay, that sounds good. Like a worthy prospect. Uh, yeah, the 2018. Yeah, it is on Hulu, Hulu and it is on Canopy. So... Put your library cards to good use. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, discussing this uh, this movie, The Battery, with us. And thanks, everybody, who listened. We will see you on the next episode.